0: Come on, good morning to the chapel in Richmond. Love you guys. All the men and women in Chesterfield County Jail and Virginia Department of Corrections, good morning. Thank you. Tell the person next to you, I'm glad you're here. Come on, tell them I'm glad you're here. Well, we are in a brand new sermon series we started last week on the Beatitudes. I'll tell you about that in just a second But I always like to look in the camera at the back of the room and say good morning to the chapel in Richmond, Scott's edition. Love you guys. Good morning, 1115. Glad you're here. Pray for you every day. Love what God's doing in our church. And then, of course, Virginia Department of Corrections. Love you guys, men and women there. Honored to have you. And then Chesterfield County Jail. I think we're just getting ready to plan a summer baptism again in Chesterfield County Jail. So we're so excited to be back in there together celebrating what God's doing in the lives of men and women so good morning welcome to church and glad you're here I I just add my welcome and uh, uh, invitation to the one you've already heard today and that is this little QR code if you want to be a part of serve day you can uh, sign up to launch a project or join a project it's just one day this summer that we are committed to taking the church outside the building and and uh, being scattered throughout our whole community. And so you're gonna see some really incredible strategic um, uh, uh, different opportunities for you to connect to and serve all over this community. So we'd love to have uh, all of us involved in that. We'll get a shirt, we'll, we'll do a big rally that day, and then we'll scatter to our different sites all over the community. And some some are like super active sweaty sites and some are like writing notes to people in nursing homes. So there's projects for everyone everybody at every different um uh, level and scale of involvement and what you want to do that day so but be praying about uh just joining us for one day to change our city as we get ready for this summer well how you doing today good Love you, you look good, glad what God's doing in the life of our church. I know it's the middle, uh, just start of the second week of uh, of summer and we're getting ready for everything. But man, there's so much happening. Uh, we do incredible things in our church in summer. And so you saw on that video, we're just two weeks from VBS and we do have spots still available in the morning at Scott's edition and then the evening in Midlothian. And so it'll be our uh, biggest chance. I mean, there's just something about connecting kids to of the gospel isn't there and uh, and then of course fireworks and serve day and motion conference for students it's an incredible uh, I'm, I can hardly wait to see what God does over the next couple months in the life of our church well we're in a series that Jesus taught on the Beatitudes it's found in the Bible in Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 to 11 it's the start of Jesus sermon called the Sermon on the Mount and it's really eight um, straight, simple one-line principles that are simple in being said but transformational in effect where jesus just teaches us how to have a blessed life and he says blessed are the and then he then he gives a a a character development or a commitment in our soul of value to be lived out and how that can make a difference in our lives and if i'm totally honest when i got to this week's uh beatitude i was like not that excited about it am i am i our pastors allowed to say that in church or no like there are some sermons you're like oh i can't wait for hunger and thirst for righteousness and mercy and i can't wait for all those ones but i wasn't that excited about this one and uh but over the last couple weeks of really digging into it i've gotten really excited about it so i hope i hope to make you as excited as i am you ready here it is and it's just one i never I, i don't know i didn't really i didn't like it blessed are the meek that's how i felt I mean, like I've never seen anybody applying for a new job and they're like character qualities that the reasons we should hire you meek, (laughs) meekness, you should hire me. I'm dripping with meekness, you know, like meek. I mean, and I'll be honest, I think the reason I didn't like meek is at least in my mind, maybe you can identify with this. I associated meekness with weakness. With being passive, I almost viewed it as a negative, like the meek people. No, no, no! I don't want to run with the meek people. I want to run with the efficient, get her done kind of people. You know what I mean? And and Jesus is going to spin that truth on on our head. And I, I'm telling you, I actually, after spending a couple weeks really thinking through this, I'm convinced this is one of the ones that we need the most in our culture today. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to unpack that because Jesus actually says the meek get it all; they inherit the whole earth. He says, if you get this in your soul and understand it and are transformed by it, it's going to change your whole life. You get everything thrown in. And I'm telling you, I think we live in a world where there is no meekness. There's anger, frustration, fatigue, opposition, dysfunctional relationship. I'm telling you, meek, if you get the meekness today, it's going to change your marriage, change the way you parent, change the way you work at work. I'm telling you, I, I am now a fan of meekness. Okay, <laughs> you don't believe me, but I'm going to tell you, I am. I'm going to tell you why. I, when I thought of meekness, I think it's because I pictured like a feather, like <laughs> Like, I don't know why. In my mind, I always pictured a feather, like meekness, like, no, no, thank you. I'll opt out. Give me strong. Give me David chopping the head off Goliath. That's what I want. Meekness for the rest of you, you know. Um, but Jesus actually tells us how important meekness is. Do you know he describes himself as, as meek? So how many know we're supposed to be like Jesus? All right, I can change the sermon if I have to. But how many know we're supposed to be like Jesus? Everybody, right? He describes one of the major qualities of his life. In fact, we know the start of this verse. But come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Look at this. For I Here's his description of himself. For I am what? Meek and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. It's interesting to me that when Jesus describes himself, it's meek. And in fact, what he does is he connects meekness and rest in this same verse. And I'm convinced that angry, angry, mean, tired people in life are that way because they haven't learned the principle of meekness. And so we're going to learn meekness today. And I'm telling you, it might be, I've had all day in these services, people saying after service, this is the hardest one for me. Like meekness is really hard. And so let's define it to get going here. What do we even mean? The Greek word kind of means this, to exercise God's strength, but under control. To dem- Look at this part of the definition. I think it's helpful. It demonstrating power without undue harshness, okay? So I actually think you and I can do the right thing the wrong way, and it's the wrong thing. And I think this is what Jesus is trying to teach us. You could actually say the right thing to somebody. You could say it at the wrong time and in the wrong way and in the wrong spirit. And it's the wrong thing to say, even though it's the right thing to say. And so Jesus is teaching us what meekness is all about. It's not, catch this, meekness is not weakness. Meekness is just strength under control, right? So picture, in fact, the word meek, in this word in Greek, oftentimes in the ancient world, meant to, to break an animal. So you picture like a 1,500-pound stallion, right, chiseled with muscle, this horse made for strength. Well, it's only useful if it's broken and under the reins of its master, right? And in that way, the horse has power and efficiency and ability to carry out a mission, but, but unbroken and flailing everywhere it has to be wild because it's unuseful because its strength isn't yet under control and i think it's true in our life that if we don't learn to operate with strength under control strength out of control is less than less than god's best and it can actually hurt people in fact even in the new testament it says even in exercising your spiritual gifts first corinthians 13 if you don't do it with love it can hurt other people and so and so I want to talk to you today about how to how to operate with meekness. And in fact, the message kind of summarizes it this way, paraphrases it. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you found yourself you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. And so meekness is something God's calling us to. I also anticipated maybe in this message, the men not liking the word meekness. Is that okay? So I'm going to just give two verses just for the men today. Is that okay? Is it okay? Yeah, okay. Here it is. Ready? Paul talks to Timothy. But you, oh man of God, come on, pursue what? Gentleness. I've never asked a guy, what God, what's God doing in your life? Man, I am really growing in gentleness. I've never had a man tell me that. but but paul speaking to timothy calling him into ministry says you better be somebody who pursues gentleness in fact he gives the qualification for spiritual leadership in chapter three when he says you are to not be violent look for leaders that are not violent but what but but gentle okay so this is i know i know gentleness meekness i want you to see it's it's what god is though And I want you to see how it's not disconnected from power, but partnered with power. Meekness is just power under control. Power in its God. In fact, look how Isaiah describes God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with what? Comes with power, okay? And he rules with a mighty arm. Yeah, you know, it's that. Power tool God right here, you know? But then look what it says. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers his, the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his, what? His heart. Is he strong? Yeah, he comes with power rules. But, but what does that look like? For God, it looks like a lamb in his arm close to his heart. And how does he lead the young? He leads them what? Gently, right? Every dad knows this when they're teaching their kids to play catch in the yard, Right? You don't put a baseball glove on your kid's hand and say, I am about to show you the heat. You know what I mean? And just (laughs) blast it at a five-year-old, right? No, you pull back, don't you? I mean, sometimes it starts like this. Come on, buddy. Here we go, back and forth. Like till, till And the bigger he gets and the more he grows, the more you, 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 know, you show a little more, right? It's a, I picture a dad wrestling with Jimmy on the floor, right? He's seven years old. They're wrestling. Oh, Jimmy, you're really strong. Like in one moment, boom, you could just end it. But you pull back your strength for what to allow them to grow in competition, not because you're a weak man, but actually because you're a strong man who's chosen to pull back your strength for the development of another. Right. And to me, that's what strength is. It's not it's not upon the person who has it, but it's upon the person who's exerting it to exert the correct amount to care for those around them. And that's what the Bible's saying about God, he's got all the strength in the world to rule the whole world with his hand, but when he's loving on his people, he's doing it with tenderness and gentleness and kindness. And and I think I just think I think this would change our relationships if we'd grow in gentleness. And I'm telling you, this is a hard one <laughs> and, and we're gonna learn how to do it together, okay? How many wanna learn how to do this together, okay, right? So Jesus, when he's giving this, um, this beatitude, many people don't know this, he's actually pretty much quoting a psalm. Psalm 37, 11 would be in Jesus' mind when he says, but the meek will inherit the land, right? So Jesus is thinking of Psalm 37, which teaches us how to have meekness. So let me just show you some of the context Of These are the verses Jesus is thinking of when he says the Beatitudes. He says, commit your way to the Lord, the psalmist says. Trust in him and he will do this. He'll make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Look at this. When you're mistreated, your vindication like the noonday sun so rather than get back at others be still before the lord and wait patiently do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes look at this this is what meekness looks like refrain from what refrain from anger and turn from wrath don't fret it only leads to evil for those who are evil will be destroyed but those who hope in the lord will inherit the land so the verses that jesus is thinking about is about people who have been wrong had wrongdoing done to them and how god will give them grace and mercy and trust how a person rather than exerting vindication on someone else learns to forgive and to leave the consequences to god has any parent ever figured out that if you if you give your kid a maybe they hear yes anybody like they just are like you didn't say no so that means yes and uh, the other day, my, one of my daughters wanted these two. I have these two white shelves in my office, and, uh, and she wanted them for her room. And so she said, What about these white shelves for my room? And I said, Well, they have my stuff in them. She said, Well, I don't really see you in there. Do you know what stuff is even in there? And I said, No but I'm sure I need the stuff that's in there. I haven't looked in there a long time, but no, I still need And so she said, well, can I have them for my room? And I said, I'll think about it. How many know she heard definitely, right? So not long passes and all of a sudden the shelves end up in her room, you know. My stuff landed in the garage, my stuff. I said, where's my stuff? In the garage. I said, I needed that stuff. She said, what stuff is it? I said, don't talk back to me. You know what I mean? Like, stuff i probably need i should go see what's out in the corner of the garage right now but in that moment i could choose meekness or harshness i'm telling you oftentimes as a dad along the journey as a pastor and a leader my propensity is to want to correct injustice those are my shelves you didn't ask i will return them dump your stuff out of like i those are my shelves you know And I just let her know in the future, it'd be really helpful to know for sure, but uh, you can have the white shelves. So now I need some new shelves, but I'm telling you, you know what? I found that meekness lives in the everyday uh, interactions of our life, right? And what do you do when you feel like somebody's taken something that's yours? What do you do when you feel like you've been wronged? What do, you, what do you do when you feel like? And that's what the psalmist is talking about. He's given us an example. And I don't have it on the screen, but I read, I read an article this week that said there are two natural human um, reactions to when we've been wronged in some way. And everybody falls into one of these two categories. So I thought I would see which you fall into. They said there are the screamers and the schemers. There are the screamers, the people who, you know, they, they make some noise. This isn't right. They confront people. They, they scream, They you know, they make, they figure it out. And then there are the schemers, the silent ones, that you look like you're fine, but you're taking notes. And you're going to get somebody back 11 years from now. You know what I mean? like you've got a plan so I thought I would just take a little survey Scott's edition Midlothian today well, are you the screamer you got to like talk about what happened or are you the schemer you're silently working to get somebody back so where are the, where are the screamers come on raise your hand the screamers wow this is a ton of, this is the most screamers in any service where are you you don't want to identify yourself because you're a schemer But come on, raise your hand, you've got got it written down, 1986, somebody did something wrong, but on their 30th anniversary at the school reunion, you plan on getting it back, you know what I mean, like, (laughs) how many know the silent ones are dangerous, I'm just telling you. Well, Psalm 37 is all about when somebody's been unjust to us. It's all about when somebody's given what we don't deserve. And how do we react to it? And Psalmist tells us to do three things. Just write this down. Here's the first thing. We've got to not retaliate. We've got to trust God. Now, can we just admit it feels really good to retaliate, doesn't it? You ever have somebody cut in front of you and there's nothing that feels better than cutting in front of them at the next light? That's why I put my chapel sticker on my side panel, you know. (laughs) I don't need to be on my back because... uh, i'm a christian i just don't drive like one and uh, we love to retaliate don't we we love it when somebody gets what's coming to them we love it in the movie when the bad guy trips and and falls in the mud. like, like we love it we love it Want well, to know why because we were born to see things vindicated and i understand there's a certain amount of righteousness in this but psalm 37 says we've got to leave our paths to god that we ought to trust god how many know you can trust god right And and part of meekness is instead of trying to right every human wrong, we trust in the Lord. In fact, he says what you're going to do, this word trust could also be translated in Hebrew, commit. It's literally be translated to roll. Meaning when you feel something that comes on to you, roll it over to God. Okay. So you feel frustrated, roll it to God. You feel offended, what? Wheel it right over to God. You feel like somebody did you wrong? It's your way of saying, God, this is going to be your problem. You see, that's how meekness starts, when instead of having to get even, I just learn to give it to God. I'm not saying you let people walk over you in all things in life. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying instead of living eye for an eye and, and getting everyone back, we learn to trust in the God who rules over everything. In fact, the psalmist says if we're not careful, we'll be filled with anger and he warns of this when he literally says it's so much in this little chapter be free from anger he says vindication 37 6 don't fret when the wicked carry about their scheme their wicked schemes same verses refrain from anger turn from wrath do not fret here's what he's saying that we are born in our humanity wanting to get even with other people wanting to, to 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 when we're wronged wrong to come to them we are born wanting justice for years i have watched judge judy and just loved her yelling at people I'm just like yell at them and kitty's like why do you love them i'm like i just love it when judge judy yells at the people <laughs> why because how many know it's just like yell at them go ahead give it to i just anybody else like that you know what i mean and Jesus is saying built into us is this desire for fairness and equity. But, but let me ask you something. How many are grateful we don't get what's fair? And I, how many are grateful that God gave us grace and not what we deserve, right? We want everybody else to get what they deserve, but not us. I'd prefer grace, you know. And what 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 a meek spirit does is it start instead of getting fret it, uh, this this chapter is saying it's free from frenzy because the, the psalmist is describing when you somebody evil is doing good or is getting good people are fretting and nervous how do i get them how do i there's bitterness and anger and unforgiveness that stores up in our soul against other people and it robs us of peace even though it doesn't affect them How many know unforgiveness will hurt you, not the person who offended you? Somebody said, unforgiveness is the poison we drink while we wait for the other person to die, right? Bitterness is letting someone live rent-free in the house of my mind. I'm going to just chew on it and be frustrated with it and get angry about it and be hurt with it and not get over it. And I think in this message today, God wants to set some people free to forgive some people and to leave the retaliation. The psalmist says, your vindication will come like the noonday sun, meaning it's going to come, but you're going to have to trust God to do it and not you to do it. Because part of life in, in living a meek spirit is learning to get along with people and learning to forgive people even when things don't go our way. I'm telling you, the longer I lead in life, the more I realize that the people who don't have peace are the people who can't learn to forgive and let things go by the people that hurt them around them, right? How many know working with people is difficult? I'll never forget one of my favorite. She goes to this church. I won't embarrass her. The best barista I've ever had at Starbucks comes to our church she is the most hospitable she runs a room she i mean when she started coming to our church i said i cannot wait for you to be on hospitality you're the nicest person you run the busiest starbucks i walk into that place i'm having a bad day you light it up and she said to me the last thing i ever want to do on a sunday is talk to more people and I said to her but you're the best at what you do we gotta put you at the door she's like no 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 I deal with the people all day all, Every and, and I was like I'm, you do it really good cause you don't I didn't know you felt this way about me you know how many have found when you're in the people business there are challenges right in fact you lead anything there are challenges let me just show you where the word meek is used in the old testament it actually says that moses was meek and it's a strange passage anyone who leads anything will love these verses miriam and aaron begin to talk against moses if you do anything you'll have people talk about you a little bit you know and they weren't talking good they were talking about his wife they didn't like that he married that woman how many know you about to get in a fight you talk about somebody's wife And finally, they're talking behind his back. Has the Lord only spoken through Moses? Hasn't he also spoken through us? So there's division, frustration. How's Moses going to handle this? He's going to hit back. He's going to put them in their place. Don't you be talking about me. He's going to go Facebook. He's going to rebuke them on social media, I'm sure. And it's interesting to me, and the Lord heard this i love this phrase now moses was a very humble man the king james version uses the word meek it actually says look at these words more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth how many know that's a solid statement now by the way one of the things that i have always found funny about this verse is that moses is the human author of this book of the bible He's like, I won't get him back. I'll just eternally write in scripture that I am the meekest man to ever live. And I'll tell how you complained. Gotcha. <laughs> Here's all I'm saying. Meekness is learning to roll in life. My first staff job ever on staff at a church was when I was in seminary. I was on staff at a church in Hueytown, Alabama. I'm telling you, you don't even know the South till you've been to Hueytown. There's Alabama and then there's Hueytown, Alabama. I'm just telling you. And I remember seeing this situation that I thought was unfair on the pastoral staff of our church. And I went right to the senior pastor, Pastor Loper. And I said, I need to tell you what happened. So I told him the whole story and I was waiting for him to see how right i was and how wrong the team was and to bring immediate correction to everyone i'll never forget when i got done telling him the whole story i'll never forget his words he said you know what i could go for right now some soup and i was like what do you mean pastor <laughs> over like I just, didn't you just hear what i said this whole story how, how uh, and he said well, we could talk about it later but I, we want to let's go for some soup And so I was just, I was mad. I was like, he's not taking me serious. He really wants the soup. And so we got in his car. We go all the way. He said, you should get some soup. I said, I don't want some soup. You know, I'm still mad. You know what I mean? I can't eat soup. How do you eat soup when you're mad? I'm like, I can't eat soup. I'm mad. He's like, I want you to get some soup. I'm like, fine, I'll get some soup. So like he's reading the newspaper, eating his soup. 40 minutes later, he finishes his soup. He pushes the bowl aside. He said, now tell me again what you were saying, Okay by now it's been 40 minutes I've had some soup (laughs) and I try to tell him again what bothered me so much and have you ever had a story in your mind that was terrible here and when you said out loud how horrible it was it didn't seem as bad and you felt more unreasonable or is it just me (laughs) in fact now to this day, Katie and I will have this little phrase we'll use if we're, if we're making peace with somebody. Like, should I go confront that person? Should I set the world up? Should say, why don't we just get some soup? And that's our way of saying learning to let it go. Here, here's all I'm saying. Moses understood. The psalmist understood. Sometimes you have to leave some things in the hands of God and God can work some things out, okay? In fact, I love Proverbs. Proverbs says the discretion of a man makes him, oh, I hate these words. Come on, slow to what? slow to anger right how many of you if there was a spiritual gift called immediate anger you have it right and look at this next one no one puts this on their fridge and his glory is to what overlook a transgression here's what meekness does it doesn't point out everyone's faults it doesn't correct i'm not saying you get taken advantage of but i'm just saying at moments it lets it go at moments, it makes peace. At moments, it exhibits. It, it, when, when you don't get the thank you for something that you did, sometimes God just wants you to let it go because you should have done it for him anyways. You say, but I'm overlooked. But maybe God's letting us go through that so we can learn to serve him and not ourselves, right? But somebody was rude to me. Well, maybe we just need to... Look. I mean, just how many know in the schemes of life, Moses is teaching us, the psalmist is teaching us, sometimes you just got to let it go, Right? You just got to, in grace and humility and forgiveness, release some things to him. Roll it off of yourself and on to God. It's a picture of meekness. I'm telling you, we live in a world where might is right. But God gives the inheritance of the earth to the meek. And we think, I got to fight for it. And God says you need to be still and be patient for it. Here's the fourth thing. Is this helping anybody today? Right? Like, okay. Here's here's the fourth thing. Here it is, and I think it's because it's modeled after the character of God. We need to use our strength, but only as it's clothed in humility, because this is this is like our God. Let me show you a verse about how God speaks to us, and it's written in Deuteronomy. It talks about how God's word comes to us, and it uses an uh, agricultural analogy he, god says let my teaching fall like rain but look at how the rain falls and let my teaching fall like descend like the what the the dew right like showers on look at this new grass like abundant rain on tender if you study this verse, you realize that plants, as they're just growing, tender initial plant, if the rain were to fall in the ancient world at a, in a heavy pouring rain, it could actually crush the plant and destroy it. And so God's saying, just like a nice mist dew on the ground, tenderly provides nutrients to the plant, so God, think of how good our God is. So God sometimes talks to us gently. Because we, we can't handle it any other way. How many know sometimes God should just slap us inside the head? Come on. But aren't you grateful he just comes kindly and gently and patiently? Here's what the Bible says. God knows how to, to still speak to us, but he speaks to us with a gentleness that we can receive it so that we can receive. That's what meekness is. Or, or you could put it this way. Proverbs 15, four says a gentle, look at this, a gentle tongue is a what? Tree of life. So here, here's one of the things I'm convicted of and this is hard. Where are the type A people? Come on, raise your hand, type A. You're gonna hate this sermon, okay? You're like, no, efficiency. The fruit of the spirit is efficiency. That's me, like, I, I wanna like, come on, like, no, no, no. In fact, when I got married, I realized that there was venting that my wife did for me that she was not intending me to fix. But I thought the Lord brought me in her life to fix every complaint she had. So she'd be like, I'm tired today. And I'd be like, you know what? Multivitamin. (laughs) Multivitamin. And then she was mad, and I was like, why is she mad at me? It's like, I'm just trying to say how I feel I'm like, I know, and I'm trying to fix it. And she's like, I don't want to be fixed. And I'm like, I don't understand you, lady. Do you want to be tired forever or not? Take this multivitamin. I've crushed it and put it in your soup. No. Meekness. Gentle tongue tree of life. You know, I made a list this week of the three spiritual leaders that most heavily impacted my life. Two pastors and one Bible college professor. And do you know if I had to list one of their top qualities, whatever word you want to use for it, humility, gentleness, meekness, all three of them were that. And I was asking myself this week, how come those guys influenced my life more than anybody else when they weren't even the best preachers of all the people I've sat under? and i realized because there was something about just being cloaked in humility and meekness that opened my heart and wed it to theirs and their life was used to uh, shape mine i was just learning to preach uh i was 19 years old and i was preaching a few different places and i was when you're young learning to preach you watch a lot of preaching to learn how to preach and I went through this really loud preaching phase of life where I thought, everyone just wants powerful preaching. You know, mm, you know that kind of thing. And I uh, had like a hanky and wipe. You know, I'm doing this whole thing. And I was at a youth uh, rally in rural upstate New York. And this little girl, I remember she was like 14 years old probably, says to me, that message really changed me. That was really good. But, you know, when you yell, it reminds me of when my dad yells at me. And I can't explain something literally, I think, changed my life in that moment as a pastor. I was literally driving away, and I thought, what in my yelling is coming across harsh? And I said, I never want to be that person. Now, some preachers can yell, and they don't sound mad. When I yell, everyone's just like, what are you so mad about, you know? Here's all I'm saying. I I don't think, for me, when I'm yelling, I'm trying to control things and move people. But meekness says, I'm just going to do my part, and then I'm going to let God do his part. How many know sometimes when we're trying to push people, it's because we're trying to play God in their life. If I can just tell you strong enough and full enough, then I can make, I can change you. And you know what, it's actually us trying to control people rather than just influence people and leave them in the hands of God, right? Man, I have another, I'll just say this real quick, and then I know we're out of, time, out of time. But, you know, in Acts 27, this word meek is used about the wind in, um, in a storm that Paul's on. And it says the meek wind, gentle wind, was helpful to the sailors, but the violent wind, uh, that was what brought people trouble. And I just, I wonder today which you're part of. Some of you grew up in homes where the violent wind was how things got done. You were yelled at. And so to be honest, you turn into a yeller because you think that's how to do it. And I feel like, I just feel like all day God's been setting people free saying, I have something better for you than that. And hear me guys, I'm not saying we're not strong and filled with conviction. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying what meekness does is it takes the strength of a stallion. And it puts it under the reign and rule of the master so that it can be useful. Words that fall like rain so the plant can grow. Throw a pitch to a son at a speed that he can catch. Care for a daughter in a way that isn't controlled. It's a, it's a spirit about us that says, I don't have to control this person because I am not God. And I think sometimes when we get into the control phase of life, we're thinking we're God. How many know we're not God? Anybody thankful for that? You know? Uh, All right. So, um, which are these are you? Violent wind, gentle wind. Fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, is gentleness. Uh, Philippians 4, 5, but be that Lord is near. Let your gentleness be evident. I could turn to a bunch of passages that talk about gentleness. And I just became convicted this week that I never hear people in church talk about gentleness. I don't ever hear anybody, man, the Lord's working gentleness in me. No, because it's not our favorite, is it? <laughs> the, uh, we wanna be the winner, The I'm a conqueror, Yep. Yeah, okay, faith, yeah, what about this one, you know? And Jesus says, here's what'll happen. If we have a meek spirit, we'll inherit the whole earth. So I wrote this down. If I wanna make a difference long-term, I wanna inherit the whole earth, I want to have influence. I want to have all that God has for me. I will not do it by might and power. I'll do it by humility and meekness. And I'll let God do what God can do. You know, For me as a leader, as a dad, as a pastor, when I get too strong, it's just evidence that I've stopped trusting God and I'm trusting myself. And we need to be people that trust the Lord. Amen. So I'm talking to fathers and mothers that... You're convicted even right now. You say, man, there are moments I'm a violent wind, not a gentle wind. You know, sons and daughters. I mean, just, you know how it applies to your life, but let's be a community of, of faith, but let's also be a community that lives a legacy of gentleness that the world around us would be able to receive the word of the Lord because it's coming through a spirit that matches the love that God actually has for us. Amen? Would you bow with me all over this room and... and Scott's edition online I know it's a convicting message for a lot of us and I just pray today if there's anger in your life and something that just got passed on almost generationally I had this picture that today God was going to break some even generational your dad yelled your grandpa yelled your mom yelled and God's saying it doesn't have to go on like that anymore You can be strong, but you can be strong in gentleness. So, God, we receive your word like dew. Like dew on the plants, God, in gentleness. I'm so grateful, God, that you didn't give us what our sins deserve. Wrath and separation from you and punishment of our sins upon ourselves. I'm so grateful that you are God of mercy. Jesus, I'm thankful that you're lowly of heart and meek and God, forgive us when we don't even see this as a value to be pursued. Um, so I just humbly ask you, God, would you, would you develop in us meek spirit, humble hearts, servant. Let it be known all over this community that there's a place that you're just building people that lovingly and humbly make much of our God and not much of ourselves. Forgive me, forgive any of us for the moments that we've made it about us our thing or our way or our ideas and uh, restore to us a right spirit, a gentle spirit a meek spirit that we might show the love of Jesus um, in and through us. We trust you to do it in the strong name of Jesus Christ and everybody said together Amen. Would you stand in this room and in Scott's edition we're going to close in prayer in just a second I wonder if we have like 90 seconds to just declare praise to god god we need you in our lives in our church in our situations we praise you we love you you're of it all. oh god you are so worthy you're worthy, you're worthy.